from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we have the dream team with us today, Dion and Michelle, who make this show sound awesome. We're taking your calls right away on the show today at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. So pick up the phone, tell Michelle hi when you give us a call here at Career Talk. So, hey, It is April, and today we have a really exciting topic to talk about. Today's show is all about portfolio careers. So what is a portfolio career? How do I get one? Have you ever wondered about what it'd be like to just completely shape your own career and do everything that you love? Well, today we have a guest who is going to share how you can do that. All the way from across the pond, we welcome Steve Preston. Steve is a global thought leader in portfolio careers, having been championing it as an alternative way to working in the traditional job search or typical self-employed mindset for well over a decade, recognizes their career catalyst. His latest Amazon bestseller, Portfolio Careers, How to Work for Passion, Pleasure, and Profit, has been described as taking the portfolio career concept to a new era. We're super excited to have him on the show today. Welcome to Career Talk, Steve. Hi, thanks, Dawn, and uh, thanks for very much for inviting me. I'm super excited and uh, absolutely delighted to have the opportunity to share my passions and knowledge about portfolio careers and uh, career development in general. So as are you. we, as are we, as are our listeners, because I know this is a topic that is, I mean, it's it's a trend. What we know is that, you know, if you look at the data, I mean, the prediction is that maybe 40% of the workforce will be freelance in the next few years. And sometimes that can be a little bit scary. But for a lot of people, that's very exciting. So maybe we should just start out with, if you can share with listeners, what is a portfolio career? What's the definition of that, Steve? Yeah, well, great uh, start question, uh, Dawn. Um, In simplistic terms, I always say a portfolio career is about deriving income from a number of different sources. Uh, but basically, that's that's a, a very simple explanation. Um, but it's a bit more than that. So basically, it's about changing your mindset from having a more conventional employed job to securing um, an income by any combination of activities, interests, skills, talents, and passions to create the working lifestyle you want. And a lot of people who create or develop a portfolio career, whichever term you prefer, um, they do this because they want to create their own working lifestyle based around their choice. And um, this is what I call working for the three Ps of passion, pleasure, and profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so when you think about... um I think people have heard the term gig economy and portfolio careers. Are these the same thing? Are these different? Is it just? Is it really just about kind of putting a bunch of things together to get that that um, schedule and money you want? I mean, what do you think, Steve? Are they are the same? Well, that's an interesting question, Dawn. Um, I think the gig economy um, has got bad press because uh, a lot of people view the gig economy as a way of forcing people to earn maybe in a way they don't want to because they can't find any other type of employment. Interesting. Um, So they're they're not necessarily um, working in the way they want. If you're consciously creating a portfolio career based around your choice and, and creating the working lifestyle you want, then that's very different. You're yeah. basically you're basically setting out your intent to earn income, um, you know, from your passions, interests, talents, all this type of thing, 
but in the way you want mm-hmm. so you're not being controlled by somebody else yeah i think i think what um the bad press you're referring to i mean i think there's been some some roles that have been forced to be kind of more gigs because the company doesn't want to give benefits or health care or things of that nature yeah, so yeah. so there's and, kind of and, that and, i um, want to do this but i feel forced to 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 not be a part of the company because of the way it's set up and you're saying a portfolio career is more about okay here are a number of things that i'm very interested in um, presumably very good at, and I'm going to kind of put them together because none of them are full-time or maybe none of them are for one specific company or institution, and it's going to be my full-time portfolio of careers where I make the money that I want. So I like that distinction. Hey, if you're listening and you have a portfolio career and you would like to share that for our listeners, how you did it, what you love about it, you can give us a call. All hour 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. If it's Thursday at noon Eastern time, we are live and taking your calls all hour. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Steve Preston, who is the author of Portfolio Careers, how to work for passion, pleasure, and profit. So, Steve, let's break that down a little bit. So, um, let's start with the passion piece. So, that comes up a lot. Oh, follow your passion. I'll be honest, that's not my favorite advice because I think there's some flaws with that as a, a broad um, concept. But let's how do you how do you define passion, and how do people discover it? Yeah, that's a big question, uh, Dawn. Um, Firstly, let me let me just endorse what you said there. Uh, some people will say, yes, you must go out and find your passion and then that will work for you and the money will come in. Um, if only it were that simple. Um, that doesn't necessarily follow at all. Um, but passions are really the things that um, drive you, the, the, the magnets, um, in your life, if you like, the things that really stir you. Um, and I suppose from an emotional and a spiritual perspective, maybe as well. Um, so passions are, are, are very strong, but just because you're passionate about something, it doesn't mean to say that you're going to be successful in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> exactly. I was um, only reading an article the other day about this, which, um, uh was was suggesting that you know again because you are passionate about something and you love what you do then automatically that will make you successful yeah there's that saying follow your passion and the money yeah. will come and i'm like yeah that sounds great and maybe that has happened for a few people but there's a few other factors you need to consider one are you good at it and two Absolutely. is there a market for it? somebody going to pay you to actually do it well that's that, and, the, and, the, and the second point is absolutely key i mean i i could share with you many many examples i'm sure you know many as well don don who, who of people who um are really passionate about something and they think right okay i'm going to use this as my main income stream and they hadn't really ever considered whether there's a market for it and people want to buy this sort of stuff um it's just what they love doing exactly that's not going to work however i mean this is where the portfolio career concept is is so great dawn because uh within a portfolio career Many people have different strands of uh, activities, some which pay well, some which pay mid-range, and some which maybe really don't pay that well at all. But it's stuff that they love doing which could be subsidised by some of the activities, the other activities they do, which pay really well or pay mid-range. Mm-hmm. So, um, so maybe and, one of the things in your portfolio is a passion and then maybe there's other things you're just good at and pay well. So so you're kind of, uh, you know, minimizing some of the things you don't want to do full time but make you good money and, and kind of spending some time doing the things you love that 
maybe make you a little bit of money, but um, it kind of supplements your time so you can balance it out. And the other thing I want to say about passion that I really feel is that, you know, there is some, I am passionate and passionate about career. I think that that comes through loud and clear, but I have other passions. I just wouldn't want to be my full-time job. I'm going to share one. True confessions. We do this sometimes, Steve. So I am super passionate about Halloween and everything and anything to do with that. Horror movies, you know, pumpkin carving, you bring it on. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't, I don't, there'd be less fun for me if that, that were my, my full-time job. I gotta, I gotta ask Dion, Dion, what is your passion? What is your passion? I mean, I know you're passionate about being an engineer on Sirius XM. Dion's cursing me out right now. You can't see it, but. Uh. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Dion's honest. He's an honest guy. Come he on. likes Burns. He likes ferns and pants. We know this. You, know? You, you have to wear pants while <laughs> while I, tending to your fern. I, I actually think I know what your passion is, Dion. What, what do you think my passion I is? I think your passion is drums. My passion drums. is drums. Is drums. Yes. So can you see yourself doing that full time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So for passion, pleasure, and profit, does it does it have all three P's? All three P's. Uh, well, then, well, well, not profit right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard one, isn't that, it? That's that definitely is the hard potential, one. The potential, potential. Yeah, the potential. There you go, Steve. Yeah, your I next don't book. Like that one so much. <laughs> potential profit. Um. Well, you, you you joked on, but the reality is that a lot of people, when they create a portfolio career. They might be really passionate about something, but they may not be that brilliant at it at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. It's just something that really maybe does combine heart, mind, and soul. And they think, yeah, I really want to do this. In which case, they, they learn it and they grow into it. And they do become really um, great at it. And all the while that's happening, their passion for it grows. Um, and the other side to the passion, which is really interesting, and um, there's a fascinating character called Chris J. Reed, who's one of the case studies in the book. And, and this guy is um, uh, Mr. LinkedIn. He's serial LinkedIn. He's just done a... <laughs> that must be my husband then, because I'm, I'm, I like to look at myself as Ms. LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he, he's just done a, a bit of a, a road tour of... Um, Uh, the U.S. with his LinkedIn shows. Um, And one of the things he says, which I really do find most interesting, Dawn, is that um, it's great to be passionate about something that you do in your work. That is a great start point. But equally, it's even better if you're passionate about developing that as a business. Mm -hmm. Um, So in other words, you combine the work with the business side of it in, in terms of making the business um, so or your portfolio career successful. And all too often, people fail because what they don't like doing is the business side of things, the marketing. The marketing, the, yeah. The networking and all the stuff, you know, being Who doesn't like networking? The um, they, might be, they may be brilliant at all this stuff they're passionate about, but they're really business people mm-hmm. so yes. if you've got the passion for developing the business that you're running as well then that's clearly win-win and that will make the difference we're going to go to shannon in virginia shannon welcome to career talk what's on your mind today hello how are you guys today hello shannon i love your energy Yes, no, I mean, I, I was, I just tuned in a little while ago, and I was like, wow, this sounds like me. Oh, perfect. You know, exactly. I mean, I, I do have a full-time job for a company, but um, I was a single mom, and all my life I've learned that you have to have se- several different streams of income, but you also have to do things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. So I take advantage of so many different things. I, I do consulting work for for individuals who are trying to make their lives more fulfilled. I also take advantage of apps like Poshmark just to supply, you know, extra money for my shopping addiction. You know, <laughs> I love it. Any, any, yeah, and anything that I can do, you know, just to bring in that extra money because you never know when something's going to happen because some, sometimes the year certain things are going to pay better than others. And you just, you need that balance and you need to never be afraid that, you know, a month's going to be hard because you always have that extra security that you have different things going on. And then in return, it makes you more satisfied because you're able to make yourself happy with the things you like, 
but then help others at the same time. So, yeah, this is definitely... You, you are the, the role model of portfolio careers, but I want to say something, Shan. You bring up a really good point that I want to pull out, which is a lot of people don't go this route because they, they fear there's no security in it. But I would venture to say I agree with you. There is more security in this path because you never know when a company is just going to close its doors or merge or decide that your department or your function is no longer needed because of market changes or politics or whatever's going on. But when when you are, are creating opportunities and constantly having different streams of income and you're not putting all of your eggs in one basket, I would argue that you're even more secure because if one stream, like you said, Shannon, runs out, you have another stream. But also the other thing that I think you're doing is you're building many, many circles of networks in different places. So so instead of kind of having all of your contacts in one company or in one you know office or what have you, I mean, you have contacts in so many places, which lead to second level contacts which lead to even more opportunities. So you've set yourself up to go in a variety of different directions. Steve, what what um, what do you think about that with Shannon's doing? Oh, I, I think it's brilliant. And, and congratulations, Shannon. That sounds like you've got a fabulous uh, thing going on there. Um, yes, I mean, one of the things with a portfolio career, it's not just one type of portfolio career, one size fits all, if you like, um, all self-employed or whatever. You know, portfolio career can be a mix of employed and self-employed. It can be a mixture of um, part-time jobs. It it can be a mixture of all sorts of things. And within the portfolio career concept as well, and this is really important, many people do some form of voluntary work. So it's not all about paid work. It can also be about uh, doing giving work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for many people, that 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 produces such great personal reward, um, giving back into the community or whatever it is that that you do. I mean, in my case, um, as a speaker, although I do many paid speaking engagements and keynotes and so on, um, I give my time for free to different um, business libraries and professional associations and so on. That's my way of giving back. Um, and I love it. I, yeah. I really enjoy the work I do there. I get great audiences. Um, and and that's all part of the sort of holistic portfolio career, if you like. So, yeah, because it frees up your time, right, Steve, to like, you know, maybe you're not working on Mondays or Thursdays or th- things like that. So you can you can volunteer and you can create your own schedule. You can take your kids to school. You can, you know, do all these different things. And Shannon, I'm curious what your advice would be to people who are um, considering this route, but not sure where to get started. Well, I, I would definitely say, because he was speaking about doing things for free, the things that I've done for free have helped me in the things that I get paid for. If it wasn't for, um, like, I did a party business um, for many years, and if it wasn't for the experience and the education I got from that, I never would have gotten the promotions that I got at my, at my like, day job kind of thing. And if it wasn't for the connections and networking I made with that, then my consulting business never would have gotten off the ground. So even if something is for free, try it. Get yourself out there. Do as many little things as you can because some things are going to blossom and grow and some things are going to be left you know, at the side, and that's fine. But don't be afraid to be diverse. Get out there. Get that experience. Build those networks because certain things will blossom, will grow better because of those experiences. What is Shannon, what is one thing you wish you knew um, earlier? <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish I would have had more confidence in myself at a younger age. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I really took off till I hit 30, and I'm, I'm 37 now. But I wish I would have had this knowledge and experiences when I was younger because I would have been a lot more successful by the time I was 30. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Thank you so much, Shannon, for giving us a call and talking about your portfolio career. And it sounds like you're doing awesome we appreciate you giving us a call on Career Talk, and best of luck with all of your 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 different gigs in your portfolio. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. We are taking your calls live if it's Thursday at noon, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We are here with the Dream Team, Michelle and Dion. And Michelle, I didn't get to ask you um, what your passion is outside of, of course, producing 
Uh, that's tough. I mean, I was a singer in a past life. And, and I a tried phenomenal that. singer. Oh, uh, thank you. Phen- I'm seeing a band here. We got Dion <laughs> on drums. We got Michelle on vocals. I have no musical ability. So <laughs> I will just I will just stand there and clap for we'll you guys. We'll put you on the spoons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the spoons. Or the triangle. <laughs> I can do the two. triangle. I think, I think I can learn that. So... <laughs> So yeah, we got a band going here. All right, you, all right, guys. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna work on that. But <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Steve Preston of the Career Catalyst and author of the book Portfolio Careers: How to Work for Passion, Pleasure, and Profit. And we are going to go to my favorite part of the show: the pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, so I really like this question. Nearly 60% of Americans do this in the morning on a regular working day, with 14% doing it as many as three times before work. Think you know? You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Nearly 60% of Americans do this in the morning on regular working days, with 14% doing it as many as three times before work. If you want to give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's noon on Thursday, we are live and taking your calls all hour on Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM, Channel 111. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And coming back from the break with a little kiss, all hills breaking loose. Love that, Dion. That's another passion of mine, 80s hair band. So there you go. Now you know more than you want about me. Um, <laughs> so you're listening to Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with guest Steve Preston of The Career Catalyst, who wrote a fabulous book on portfolio careers, how to work for passion, pleasure, and profit. But right before the break, we did our pre-break quiz. So I am going to go ahead and go to the phones to answer this. So the question was, nearly 60% of Americans do this in the morning on regular work days, with 14% doing it as many as three times before work. Okay, we're going to go to Dan in Connecticut. Dan, what do you think the answer is? I think the answer is uh, email. Email. And, and you think... Checking it three times before work. Is that what you do, Dan? Uh, well, I'm almost retired, so I'm not checking it three times, <laughs> but at least once. At least once. 14% check email three times. That's actually not the answer. And I would venture to say people check mm. it probably a lot more than that in the morning. So good for you, <laughs> Dan, to not be. Uh, are you, sound like, right. well, you, you sound like you're in the car, so we don't want to keep you. But thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Well, Stay tuned for the answer because ah, I think it might it might surprise you. And I'll give you a hint, Dan. I, I do this at least three times. Um, and it's PG-13, people. <laughs> Thank you for giving us a call. Career Talk, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Nearly 60% of Americans do this in the morning on regular workdays, with 14% doing it as many as three times before work. Jerry, in Pennsylvania, what's your answer? Uh, probably uh, something with... Uh... Facebook or, you know, something with the cell phone, checking something. Checking, checking something. Out. Mm-hmm. No, it's not checking mm. something. And I, you're probably right, but I would say people probably do it even more than that. Um, How about uh, having uh, three cups of coffee? Um, yeah, that's something that I, I limit myself to two. That's a good answer as well, but that is not the answer. Mm. And I will say this. I'm going to give you guys another hint. Another hint. Research says this is bad for your health. Now, coffee is one of those things, Jerry, that I think depending on the research study, um, sometimes it's great for your health and sometimes it's bad for your health. I prefer to read the ones that say it's pretty good for your health because I do <laughs> I do enjoy coffee. But um, 
This is pretty universally described as not good for your health. So, all right. Thank you, Jerry. We appreciate you giving us a call on Career Talk. Tina in Georgia, what is your answer to the pre-break quiz? I think it's exercise. So, so my, yeah, so my hint just totally <laughs> blew your answer away when I said it's not good for your health. Now, I three times a day, actually, exer- or three times in the morning exercising probably wouldn't be very good for your health because you'd get to work late and you'd lose your job and, yeah, no good. So, but Tina, thank you for, do you exercise before work, Tina? I try to, but I'm usually about two days per week. Two days per week. Hey, two days is better than no days. Any exercise is good exercise. You go, Tina. Um, And there's no reason to do it three times before work. So thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WORD, and that's 844-942-7866. So if you have an answer to the pre-break quiz... Or if you just like to ask a question about portfolio careers to our expert guest, Steve Preston, who wrote the book Portfolio Careers, How to Work for Passion, Pleasure, and Profit, we are taking your calls if it's noon Eastern live. Laura, Indiana, give us the answer, Laura. Press the snooze button. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Ding, ding. Um, Do you do that? Do you do that, Laura? No, you know what? 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 I get to sleep in if I want. So, no, oh. but I do hear my husband's alarm go off. And he does it every now and then. Yeah, so you slap him three times in the morning. Get up! Get up! You but got it. Yes, it is a snooze button. Nearly 60% of Americans do this in the morning on regular work days, with 14% doing it as many as three times. And, of course, Steve, since you're our guest from uh, from the U.K., I had to check into what Brits do, and the same study did this in multiple countries. Brits do it even more. They do it 70%. Why is that? What's going on over there, Steve? What? Well, you know, everybody's different, aren't they? Do you hit it? Do you, are you a snoozer? No, no. I um, I try to, um, as soon as it, the alarm goes, I try to get myself into the right mindset and get up and at them. I well, I give you credit, Laura and Steve, because I am I am a three timer at least. Today I only did it once because I knew I was asking this question and I'm trying to improve. Um, but Dion, Michelle, are you snoozers? <laughs> you know what? I'm a like I, I use my phone to wake up, but I put it like all the way across the room, so I have Ooh, to get up to turn it off. That's smart. That yeah, is I, smart. I learned that in college. I'm, yeah. I'm like hating on you for that. Right yeah, now. I pushed it three <laughs> times this morning. Oh, so you're you're part of the 14. percent Yeah, I am, yeah, you're yeah. A statistic. Yeah, I, am. I know. And then people are like, one. why can't you just set it to it's nine minutes? And there's actually a reason it's nine minutes. They've done research on this that if it if it goes longer than that, you fall back into a deeper sleep, and it's even more unhealthy. That's why it's nine minutes. Let's see, I learned something new. But why don't I know? I know random facts. Um, this is what. Why don't you just set it for twenty-seven minutes later, Michelle? That makes sense on paper, but the truth is that little like that. It's like someone nudging you every once in a while, and it just lets me. Honestly, I like it. So I actually set my alarm clock twenty-seven minutes earlier than I want to wake up. So you can, so I can get that nice peaceful <laughs> nudge until I'm like, okay, I'll get up now. That's way too much math for me. I, I like yeah. it. <laughs> All right, hey, well, let's uh, let's do a quick Twitter poll because like I, I'm I'm feeling like we've got. No snoozers. We got we got three timer snoozers. Hey, are you a snoozer on a work day? Yes or no? I'm gonna say I'm a three timer, but are you a snoozer on a work day? Just admit it. It's okay. Laura, thank you so much for calling in. You got the right answer. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're here with Steve Preston of the Career Catalyst, and we are gonna go to Jeannie in Iowa. Jeannie, welcome to Career Talk. What's your question? just wondering about how to prepare best for an interview. It's been a while, and I have my resume, and I have some notes and cards that I've gotten from um, people that have complimented me. But I'm just wondering, I hear a lot about an interview presentation. Mm -hmm. Is that like a PowerPoint? Should I have something prepared for that? Or is there some other kind of a presentation that I should have ready. Well, did they ask you for a presentation, Jeannie? No. Okay. So yeah. So um, you have two questions. Uh, The first is how do you prepare? And the first thing I'm going to say is it sounds like you've done a lot of preparing in terms of gathering the information. This is something Mm -hmm. very few people do, but I guarantee it will like increase your um, success. Like I don't have a statistic, but a lot. So practice. 
do a mock interview. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, like set a timer, get your friend or a colleague or a family member and just say, for 15 minutes, I just want you to grill me, ask me questions. Don't break character because you'll start to see where your weak spots are, where your strengths are, where you need to brush up. And it's there's no substitute for it. So, And then do it again. After your first 15 minutes, get the feedback and then do it again. Different questions, same questions, doesn't matter. But that is huge. In terms of a presentation... Um, Here's the deal. I know that there's been a lot of uh, talk about this. And Steve, I'm interested if they do this in the UK, but in the US, um, they say, you know, bring a presentation to show like what your 90 day plan would be or how you're going to solve the company's problems. Um, I I will tell you, I'm not a fan of this for for two reasons. One, I don't know, especially on a first interview, you know enough to be able to present something that's relevant. I mean, you're still learning and maybe you, you, of course, have done your research, but do you know enough to really say, here's what I would do? Secondly, as an interviewer, even though I will say a lot of interviewers are not trained, um, they still like to maintain some control. And sometimes bringing a presentation makes them feel like, hey, you're trying to take over this. Now, depending on your field, if you're in a creative field or something where you would have a portfolio of, of um, past whether it's like a you know pictures or art or whatever your your field is that you would have to show them i think it's a good idea to bring that and i also think it's a good idea to mentally prepare how you would solve problems in the role but i will say i'm not a big fan of bringing a presentation to an actual first interview steve what do you think no i i totally agree dawn and um uh, i think one of the key aspects so you talked about preparation and preparation is absolutely key um I, I, I actually have a, a, a little uh, sort of thing I, I do called the nine P's of winning at interviews. Ooh. And uh, practice also is a key one. I totally agree with you on that. But part of the preparation, as far as I'm concerned, is actually finding out from the um, whoever the employer is or whoever's organised the interview, the recruiter, in terms of what type of interview this is going to be. And if they say about a presentation then you need to find out exactly what do they mean by that is this a formal presentation stand up powerpoint uh, and so on or is this just an informal just presenting different facts and figures or whatever it is they want uh, around the table uh, which is clearly very different Um, but it's always better to over prepare of course than to under prepare and one of the things I always say with interviews is that, um, you know, you've got to be pre- expect the unexpected, if you like. You've got to be prepared for everything, the curveball, because uh, you just don't know necessarily what um, they're going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You, you I, never I, know. I firmly agree that practice um, is absolutely fundamental. And, and also, your whole mindset. One of the things I do uh, in, in my coaching with clients who um, are going for interviews is get them mentally prepared for the interview. And I always say one of the best strategies is, is to go in there thinking about something that makes you feel good about yourself, which makes you smile. Because what happens when you smile? The whole world smiles with you. Yeah. So immediately <laughs> you, you, you've created reports, ding, ding, ding. broken the ice, and, and um, you're on a winning run. Yeah, I, I I love that. I think attitude and mindset is a huge part. So, Steve, thank you for bringing that into the conversation. And Jeannie, as he mentioned, you never know. So here's what I say. You want to be prepared for everything because the, the second you think you're going in for a standard interview and they're going to ask about strengths and weaknesses and why you want the job, they get in there and they ask you, well, what kind of plant would you be? And you're like, what are you talking about? Um, so I think having a positive open mindset helps with that. Knowing the product, knowing what you want to leave on the table regardless of the questions that they ask so that you can show your value is going to be the the winning combo so best of luck Jeannie on your interview we here at career talk are rooting for you hey if you've got a question about interviews job search resumes or our topic du jour portfolio careers you can give us a call at 844 Wharton that's 844-942-7866 so we're also doing a twitter poll at dr don graham are you a snoozer? I'm a snoozer. Michelle's a snoozer. Dion's not a snoozer.
mostly. <laughs> so, are you a snoozer? Yes or no? Do you hit the snooze button in the morning on a work day? Um, okay, so we're talking about portfolio careers with Steve Preston of the Career Catalyst. And I want to talk about this profit piece of the three P's, passion, pleasure, and profit. I think, Steve, this is the part where people get tripped up because they say, I really love doing this. I think I'm pretty decent at it, but I'm in a full-time job making X dollars, and I just don't think I can make X dollars Um doing these things how do you how do you combat that well i I, it's back to that uh, word you mentioned a minute ago uh, dawn it's mindset um because if you get all the ingredients right and you have the right mindset belief and confidence and take the right positive actions if you like it will all come into play and you know you will be successful Uh, a number of years ago um, I created a six-step career navigation cycle process, which is, was to help people work through where they are now and how to get to where they want to in the future, whether it's changing career, transitioning career, developing their career, or wh- whatever. Uh, and one of the key factors within that, or the first step, is to let go. Let go. Um, and people say, well, what does that mean? Let go of what? Well, one of the things that most people need to let go of is um, old beliefs, limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call them, old habits, um, such as I can't make enough if I um, go out on my own and run my own business, or I can't make enough if I develop a portfolio career, whatever. You know, it's these sort of things that people have to let go of and change that mindset, change the perspective, and actually start to think, you know what, I can make this work and I will make it work. Um, And mindset is one of the 10 top key factors that I say will make this the difference that makes the difference in terms of a successful portfolio career. Mm -hmm. The other thing, though, and this is number one on the list as far as I'm concerned, and the first caller, Shannon, sort of alluded to it, really, um, is what I call finding your anchor. Your anchor. Anchor. Yeah. And what I mean by that is finding one thing, one strand of income, one activity, whatever um, it is, that pretty much helps to cover most of your outgoings, mm-hmm. most of your, your costs, your bills, um, which automatically gives you confidence and self-belief that, if you are developing other uh, strands, other activities, income streams alongside that, that you will be successful. Yeah, I like that, finding your anchor, that that kind of um, foundational piece which you can build around. And I think, I think when I've done portfolio careers in the past, I think that's been the key because I think it also gives you the confidence to kind of break away from what you're doing and you feel like, okay, this is kind of my, my, my solid piece. But then as you build around it, you start to get more confident and maybe you can move away from your anchor um, down the road. George in Georgia, we're going to take your call on Career Talk here. What is your question for us today? Okay, the question is on the interview when they're asking you, the, so what is your salary expectation? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so we're trying to, you know, each one of us is trying to in, uh, cage or in, 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 trying to figure out what the, what the magic number is. You don't want to be too high. Uh, to you know, to uh, rule yourself out. Nor do you want to dramatically undervalue yourself. Yep. And let me give and let me give you a, a little backdrop. I'm I'm in healthcare five hundred one, and they're usually five hundred one c. Many times they're five hundred one c threes. Okay. So like a public so like a public company, I can go on to a portal and find their tax return called a nine ninety, and I see. The financial condition. I'm the CFO, by the way, so I'm the CFO, and uh, I can see their financial condition, and I can see everybody's salary. The top, I think, is 20 people on the 990, and so if they want to, I, I don't know. I usually I'm dealing with a recruiting firm. Yeah. So the recruiting firm is not going. I don't think that they're going to look at the company's 990 and, and tell me. Uh, what no. they know about the financial condition. Because when I, 
you know, when I look at their write-up about the company, you know, it's, they're in such a great organization and, and strong financial condition. I look at their financial, their they're uh, they're a turnaround candidate. Yeah. You know, so, so so George, you bring up a really good point, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. So thank you for for bringing it onto the show. So here's the thing: um, you're right. You, they want to hire somebody great at the best value they can get for that person. Because why would they want to spend more than they have to? You as a candidate um, want to come up come in at the highest salary you can possibly make. And so it becomes this dance, this game. So here's the deal. Uh, this question will be asked to you when you first apply to see if you're in the ballpark. And I think that's fair because you don't want to keep interviewing um, if it's way below what you'd accept and they don't want to keep interviewing you if it's way above what they can pay. So I think it's fair um, to get that on the table. I don't like the question, what do you make now? Because that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, the question really is, is what is the market paying for your skills in this company? And they likely have a range. They will ask, what do you make now? So that later on, they could say, great, we gave you 10% and you should be happy with that. But here's the deal. Even if they ask, what do you make now? The way I would answer that question is, um, based on the, the what I know about the job at this time, the skills I bring to the table, I am looking to make and then have a range based on your research or conversations with your network contacts. Um, and I would go that because that's the real number they need to deal with. It doesn't matter if you're what you're making now, because like you said, if you work in a nonprofit and you're going to corporate or hey, you're a neurosurgeon and you're going to go work at um, Starbucks, it doesn't matter what you made before. It matters what you're, you're they're paying for this market. Now, if you have to say and your current salary is lower than what you want, I would if they force you and some companies are, although states are starting to put their foot down and say that this is going to go away. Companies are not going to be legally allowed to ask what you make now. It's not we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um then I would, I would tell them, I would say, here's what I'm making now. And for this position, this is what I'm looking to make. So you have all the answers on the table. Now, when the real negotiation comes, because this isn't negotiating, this is just, are you in the ballpark? Later, when they actually offer you the job, now you know more about the job. Now you know more about what the actual responsibilities are. Now you're able to better articulate how your skills meet their needs and solve their problems. Um, and so this is when the real negotiation begins. And this is when you say this, you know, based on what I know about the position, this is what I'm looking to make, which, you know, should be in line with what you talked about in the very beginning. But in general, if you find out that you have to travel 80% of the time or that you have to work every Saturday or you've, you know, the things you didn't know before, now this plays into it. So you're right. It is a dance. What I wouldn't do in the beginning is is piss off a recruiter or a headhunter or anything like that and just be like, I'm flat out not telling you because honestly, that doesn't get you anywhere either. But I would clarify, even if they force you to say, this is what I make now, this is what I'm looking to make in this role with the skill sets I bring so that you know where everything stands. So, George, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Great question. Comes up a lot. Hoping with the legislation that we have coming that this will not even be a question in the years to come because it really is unfair. It's it's not about what you made before. It is all about what the market's paying for that Role. So, hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Steve Preston of The Career Catalyst, whose book, Portfolio Careers, How to Work for Passion, Pleasure, and Profit, is changing lives one by one as people realize that there are more options than working full-time for a company. And, hey, if you want more great advice, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. And you can also vote on our poll today at Dr. Don Graham on Twitter, which is, are you a snoozer? Are you a snoozer? I'm a snoozer. Um, okay, so if you want to ask a question on portfolio careers or anything related to the job search or your career, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Michelle is taking your calls as we speak. So talking about... Um, Steve, I, there's a question that kind of is like in my head about the profit piece. And and how do you know if you're good enough at your passion to really make money? How do you figure that out? I mean, because this could be, I mean, do you ask your friends? Do you do you dip your toe in the water and see if people are willing to pay? I mean, how do you know if you're good enough? Yeah, great question, Dawn. I, I think there's a couple of ways you can um, find that out. I mean, if your passion is something that you've actually done uh, and you've been 
doing that uh, in, in employed guys working for a company or organization and you, you know you're good at it and people tell you you're good at it then you you already know the difference is if you're doing that in your own right or as part of a portfolio career then um, you have to find out what the market rate is for that sort of work um, freelance or consulting or whatever the type of uh, activity you're doing um, but you know you're good at it it's about having the confidence to believe uh, that people will pay you for that type of work that activity in your own right um, equally there's other stuff that maybe you're not so sure about in which case you try it on family friends whatever it depends whether it's a product or a service and you test the water mm -hmm. you see what people's reaction is what impact it's having whether people like your product your service your idea whatever it is that you're uh, putting out there um, and if you like you're you're getting absolute uh, clarity from market research so you'll know whether there's um, a demand for it whether people like it and whether you're good at it mm -hmm. yeah and i would go beyond families and friends because i know that uh, a lot of people have supportive families and friends you're like that's great you're great but i'm not going to pay for that um so so i like the idea of dipping your toe in the water kind of like yeah. putting it out there before you quit your job before you you know set up shop and and you know it's interesting the people who, who go the entrepreneur route they get very excited about getting business cards and logos and all this stuff but they haven't really tested uh, does anybody want to buy this yeah, <laughs> and I don't know the term you use uh, in, in the U.S. Um, do people talk about pro bono work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it, it, in, in a lot of service industries, um, you might um, advertise um, or on social media, you might say, I'd like to try this out with, you know, three or four people um, to test the water. Yeah, so it doesn't, you know, family and friends maybe first, but then go out wider than that um, and just see what the reaction is. Um, and again, this all, this all comes back to the mindset and the belief because that will give you the confidence that you can make it work. So I want so to talk of, about that. Um, uh, portfolio careers and being successful in portfolio careers is about mindset and resilience um, because there will be peaks and troughs, mm -hmm. and, but you have to believe that um, you know things will come good if you're good at what you do and you love what you do and you're good at marketing it and selling it then realistically you should make it happen make it work for you and get the just profits i want to talk about marketing in a second but before we get to that um you know, we've talked about confidence and mindset and resilience, but you know, in your experience working with a lot of people who've made this transition, are there certain personality types that, that tend to thrive in in this type of um, career? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, it's one of the, the the myths, if you like. I think I've dispelled in in the Portfolio Careers book. No, there is there's no one type of person. There's no one size fits all. Um, and the examples, I mean, there's many real-life case studies in, in the book from all around the globe. They're different age groups, they're different nationalities, um, and they're from very much from different social backgrounds as well, some from very poor backgrounds where they were very disadvantaged. Uh, others have come from much more advantageous backgrounds. So, um, but they've all thrived eventually because they've actually had the, you know, they've, they've had the right mindset and belief. But equally, uh, as with a lot of entrepreneurs, they may have failed along the way. Um, you know, Richard Branson is the master of reinvention, and, you know, he states categorically time and time again that if he hadn't failed at X and Y, then he, he wouldn't have made him um, half the businessman he is now. Yeah, that um, you you bring up a very important point, and I would say as you're moving towards portfolio careers or career switch or the gig economy or being an entrepreneur, add failure to your list because you will screw up somewhere. You will, um, you know, something won't work as planned. The things that you think will will be 
easy peasy will not be. And I think if you recognize that, hey, this is part of the process, this is just a natural part of doing anything new, your mindset of saying, okay, check that off, failed, that's going to happen again, will keep you going. The marketing piece, though, Steve, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, this is hands down the, the most important part because you can be great at something, but if no one knows about it, then, you know, who cares? Ah, absolutely. And um, in some respects, it's easier now with um, the power and, and importance of social media. Um, other people might argue it's actually more difficult because you need to think about more marketing channels. Um, however, you can, uh, with social media, market yourself very effectively, get great reach at little or no cost at all. It's true. That's true. Um, that's the difference. Whereas, you know, you go back, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, the classic um, uh, newspaper advertisement. I mean, who does that nowadays? <laughs> newspaper? What's a newspaper? Yeah. So um, things have changed dramatically. So I think, personally, for the better. Um, and to me, the, the, you know, against my mindset, but. Uh, the marketing side of it for me is all part of the entrepreneurial um, mindset and approach and it's all part of the fun um, and the pleasure of having a a portfolio career Um, you know you have to accept that to be successful you have to devote a a good percentage of your time to marketing Mm -hmm. equally you can outsource that to other people um, and you know, people who specialize in certain aspects of marketing for your particular niche. Um, everybody's different. Um, but because I enjoy the marketing side of it, I do a lot of it myself, but I recently outsourced uh, some of my social media marketing to somebody um, who, at the same time I launched my Portfolio Careers book, was actually launching a book himself so we had a lot of synergy and we were actually sharing knowledge and experience about our respective book launches which was a win-win situation so, so that, that's worked really well and we marketing developed- and finding your people are the two most important things um but also confidence mindset and resilience so Steve, the hour has gone by so quickly. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from the UK and for sharing your insights from Portfolio Careers, how to work for passion, pleasure, and profit. Really quickly, how can our listeners reach you if they want to hear more? Um, my website is um, www.stevepreston.thecareercatalyst.com. Uh, Twitter is at Steve M. Preston. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for inviting me. It's a great, a great, great fun show. You were right. <laughs> Thank you. We have a lot of fun here, Steve, and we really appreciate your insights and expertise sharing with all of our listeners and, of course, our, our callers and everybody who joined the show. Michelle and Dion, you guys rule. And, of course, our pre-break quiz. So we did our Twitter poll at Dr. Don Graham, and the results are 50-50. Yes, absolutely. I'm a snoozer. Nope, I'm up and ready. So we are defying the the American general standards here. But, hey, you've been tuning into Career Talk. We love this hour every week, and we love it because um, of you guys, our listeners. So thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more great advice, you could go to Dawn on Careers. I want to thank Michelle and Dion for sharing their passions and joining the show. And again, Steve, thanks for everything you brought to the show today on Portfolio Careers. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111, and we'll see you next time.